One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, here is your homework for the day. And if you're now going, wait a minute, I didn't know there was going to be homework. Well, you should have thought about that before you tuned in. But in the next 24 hours, I want you to go find a friend or a loved one or your mum and dad and get them to ask you, well, what did you do last night? And you have to go, I saw a man climb a really big ladder. And then he just dove into a bed of chairs and it was really cool. And then write down their reaction. I think you'll be surprised. And that doubly goes for me because I still haven't gotten over it. And if you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry. We're going to talk about it. But hello, my name is Simon from What Culture. I love professional wrestling. I don't care about the letters above the door. I just enjoy predetermined sports. And because of that, AEW just had a little show called Dynamite. So let's give the good bits an up. That's right, finger of power. <laughs> I did it. And the bad bits are down. This week's episode of Dynamite kicked off with a proper Owen Hart tournament matchup. That's right, we are done with the qualifiers and we are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. The two dudes tasked with this as well was Adam Cole and Dax Harwood and they marched out there. And not only did they have a really good professional wrestling match, but beforehand the internet had gone all like, tee-hee-hee, one's a Shawn Michaels guy and tee-hee-hee, the other one is a Bret Hart guy. And because I'm a massive geek, I sat there and I was like, ah, this is how I'm going to watch it. They did do some grappling to begin with, but Adam Cole was so obsessed walking into Dax's face and going, Adam Cole, baby, that eventually Dax went, no, I ain't handling it. You can't come in my personal space and do this. So he took his hand, slapped the shib out of him. It meant Cole had to drive Dax into reach the ring post and throw him into Simba the Still Steps in order to get back in control. And I don't like it when wrestlers do this because I have to question myself. I'm like, why did I come up with all these silly names? We were soon trading German suplexes and doing slingshot power bombs, which is some of the coolest moves you can ever hope to see in your days. But then Dax, my man, look, you are so talented and you're skilled, but you started to bust out the cross bodies. And we saw what happened a couple of weeks ago when you did more than one and you went for two and Adam just super kicked him out of midair. He followed with the Panama Sunrise, but instead Dax hit a pile driver for a really good near fall. And then he was like, I know what I'll do. I'll summon the power of the hitman. And he went for the sharpshooter. But throughout this thing, Adam would focus on Dax's rib cage, so he wasn't able to hold it. Ah, oh, he could have won. And instead he spilled to the outside. The real problem though, is that this turned a light bulb bomb in Cole's head, because he was like, well, wait a minute. The midsection is wounded. What move could I possibly do to him that would infect even more pain? And he put Dax Harwood. Think of this in the sharpshooter and Dax 
had to tap out. I mean, that is tragic stuff. I'm pretty sure Shakespeare wrote it. This was just an awesome story to start the tournament, and I bet you Adam Cole goes all the way to the finals. Hell, maybe he wins the thing. And then, bless CM Punk, because he came out here because we were in Long Island, which is M. Jeff's hometown. He wore this jersey that may as well have said, if you want to boo me, go nuts. I really like it when wrestlers go after sports teams. Sometimes when Edge does it at the moment, it's really weird because he's a vampire. This did mean everybody was having a great time, apart from Hangman Adam Page, who was on commentary, because he has a real personal issue with Punk, and I tell you, he wasn't afraid to voice it. The irony. CM Punk's opponent was also John Silver, and CM had a plan here because he was like, look, I've watched all of your matches, and when you get going, and when you get some momentum, nobody can stop you. You're like a runaway steam train. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and keep you grounded. He's a smart tamale. This was never going to work for the entire thing because Silver just has too much power. And not only did he hit a brain buster onto CM Punk, but he followed it up with a tornado DDT. And I had one of those out-of-body experiences where I'm like, wait, it's 2022, CM Punk is wrestling, being dropped on his skull, and it's happening courtesy of John Silver. We are living in a wonderful place. Thankfully for Punk, he did have a shoe, so he booted John Silver right in the head, and he looked at Hangman Adam Page, kind of laughed a little bit, went onto the apron, and he hit a buckshot lariat, and he pinned Mr. Hungy for the one, two, three. He may as well have got a gun out and started firing shots. Page flew to the ring after this too and got right in CM Punk's face. And Punk was like, you need to calm down, boy. It's not personal with me. It's just business. And I'm going to take that title. And obviously the cowboy disagreed. CM Punk still tried to be respectful here and said, look, even when I do take your championship, I will still shake your hands. Hangman was like, oh yeah? Do you know what I'm going to do? And he flipped him off. So this was just great, as was the match. I mean, it's so damn interesting. It's so damn compelling. And while I think CM Punk is going to become the AEW World Champion, am I sure? Not at all. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter and Rebel then backstage talking about the Owen Hart Cup tournament because Britt isn't happy that she has to face a joker. Although it is going to be fine because she will beat this person. Jamie Hayter will beat Tony Storm later. And then those two will clash in this cup and it will be a fair fight. And all you had to do was look at Jamie Hayter's face. I don't think she agreed. I was then so happy. And I mean like literal happiness in my veins felt wonderful. For it was indeed Dan Housen making his wrestling debut on Dynamite. He was taking on Tony Nese. And the first thing that Dan Housen tried to do was curse Tone. And I don't think this helped. And it definitely didn't when that ass white Mark Sterling distracted Dan Housen. He got beaten up. He got smashed with a knee right in the face. And Tony Nice pinned him in around about 30 seconds. So there you get all you negative Nancy's going stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Well, it does now. You can't complain. These buffoons then went on the attack afterwards because they were so annoyed that Tony Nice hadn't got an entrance, but Dan Housen had done. And by the way, his entrance music is brilliant. And I sat there the whole time going, please send hook, please send hook. For the love of everything, please send hook. And we sent Hook. I mean, if he hadn't have come down, I think I would have cried. But eventually the heartthrob with the wonderful hair did march out. He chased these guys off. And Danhausen, excuse me, put his hand out and Hook did the same. And they shook palms. I was like, yes, yes, my life has peaked. This can lead to a match too, because Mark Sterling is a wrestler and he's really good at the goofy stuff. And as I'm going to say until the day I die, look at this weird stance I've taken on. Goofy wrestling for life. I love it. Which then brought us more sports entertainment in the next segment. 
Oh, I was on fire. But it was a contract signing between MGF and Wardlow, and once again, because we were in Long Island, you could not help but sit there and think to yourself, well, this is going to be mighty fascinating to see how it's going to play out because Maxwell's going to be treated like a hero. Wardlow was first to go to the ring, and as ever, he was accompanied by security. And before MJF did make his entrance, he had made this whole parody of Dark Side of the Ring, telling us how much of an asshole Wardlow was. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go out of your way and change that now. It was very funny, it was very creative, it was very clever, and it made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. I mean, I'm pretty sure Barry Horowitz was in it at one point, so we have to pat ourselves on the back, and eventually Friedman did walk out here, and everybody just lost their damn minds, and he got a microphone and he said, do not forget, it's me versus Wardlow, or David versus Goliath. He also talked about how he's Jewish, and he's returned to the Holy Land, and he's not talking about Israel, he is talking about Long Island, so everyone's just like, oh man, we're having the greatest times of our lives. And while he pretended he was gonna allow Wardlow to speak, all he actually did was get every single person in this venue to boo the man. I mean, to borrow a term from WWE, it was bizarre world. I really do love crazy wrestling segments like this though, because they just work on every level before we did get into the business or what Wardlow's gonna have to do if he does wanna face MJF at the pay-per-view. So here is the deal. Stipulation number one is that he has to be whipped 10 times. And we've done that before. Number two is that he has to wrestle inside a steel cage and beat Sean Spears. And yes, once again, we've done that before. I mean, Wardlow knows. And number three, if he does get to double or nothing and he loses, Wardlow is never allowed to sign a contract with AEW. Wardlow was cool with all of this because he just wants to murder MJF. And because he was struggling to sign his name on the dotted line because he was handcuffed, MJF got sick of it and said, look, just take the cuffs off him, let him sign, and then make sure you recuff him. But they weren't able to do that. And Wardlow became a crazy man, and he just destroyed everything. I mean, Sean Spears was trying to use a chair, and that failed. And at one point, Wardlow also got MJF, but in the end, he didn't. So he grabbed Mark Sterling, who is MJF's lawyer, and he just threw him through a table. And you just need to look at this guy, and you can feel it. You can feel it in the bones. He's gonna be a star. And I know, I know, well, I could have predicted this beforehand. That's not a bad thing, as DDP used to say. That's a good thing. It means we did exactly what we should have done, and I can't wait for all this. I can imagine AEW comes up with a solution where Maxwell does win. We are all going to die. It is getting a. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We then got some serious teasing about who the Joker in the men's Owen Hart tournament is going to be. And because that person is facing Samoa Joe, Sanjay Dunn and Jay Lethal are like, well, it's not us. And this is where we cross our fingers and go Cesaro, Cesaro, Cesaro. When it was time for Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy. The FTW title was also on the line. And as these young pups always do, the first thing they wanted to establish and remind everyone is, look, we do know how to wrestle. We do know what we're doing. Let's do some grappling. And in fact, at one point, Ricky Starks was even up here before Jungly Jim was like, nope. And he smashed him with a lariat. They were then just doing DDTs. They were reversing DDTs. They were thinking about DDTs. They are having dinner with DDTs. I think they were dreaming of DDTs, when Ricky decided, actually, no, I'm going to go for the Rochambeau, and then from nowhere, Jungle reversed that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And while this has worked for him before, he still is quite inexperienced, so he wasn't able to hold him down. I was plugged in at this point, so give me a socket, especially because Starks then hit a spear out of nowhere, and I was like, where did that come from? Although somehow Jim was still able to get back to his feet and lock in the snare trap. Ricky Starks' face here was just like this. And it looked like he was going to tap out, but my word, he got one finger onto the rope. While he was there too, he decided, well, why don't I grab the FTW title and try and smash it into Jungle Boy's face, which is when Swerve Strickland, who must have been watching from the back, ran down. He was like, don't you dare do this. I won't have it on my watch. And he stopped him. But this meant the referee had to deal with Swerve. Back in the squared circle, Jungle Boy did hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. He had Starks down for like a nine count, but the official wasn't watching. When he finally got back in there, Ricky Starks hit the Rochambeau. He got the three count. This powder keg is about to explode. Because now it just means we've got triple beef between the Jurassic Express, Swerve and Keith Lee, as well as Starks and Hobbs. And everybody came out here and was just looking at the other one, which means we're going to get this triple threat tag team match and flub me sideways. It's going to be excellent. And we also had a tease in the ring because Jungle Boy was on the ropes going, I can't believe I lost, I can't believe it. How am I ever going to get over this? And it looked like Christian was going to deck him. Now he didn't. He just gave him a hug. Went, man, I love you. But you know it's coming eventually. And all of this is, well, it gets me excited. Get it up. But it needed to calm down after this. And I suppose we kind of did, but not really at all. Because it was time to appreciate the Chris Jericho Society. As ever, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard were great here. I mean, they even talked about their nipples for a little bit. And when Jericho did get the microphone, he was all like, oh, hey, did you know I was actually born around here? Give it a beat, give it a beat. But I moved away early because it's a dump. He was then threatening to burn a fan because he now is a wizard and can summon fireballs. So I'm enjoying this evolution of Chris Jericho into Dal Sim. When he actually had the audacity to go, look, Eddie Kingston, don't bother ever turning up on dynamite again you need to take care of your wife and if you don't do it i'll do it i don't know about you but i think christopher was insinuating 
that he's going to go and bang Eddie Kingston's wife. Daniel Garcia then finishes off by saying, do not forget that when it comes to sports entertainment versus wrestlers, sports entertainment always wins. And you knew that somebody's music was going to play, but I don't think anybody called John Moxley. Everybody went crazy for this because of course they did. And Chris got in his face and said, look, don't be an idiot. There's one of you and there's a bunch of us. You will lose the numbers game. But of course, this is when Brian Danielson came out, William Regal came out and Wheeler Yuta came out. And it begged the question, well, you know, still only four on five. We're going to need some more guys. So who appeared behind the Jericho Appreciation Society? Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz. This is simple wrestling. Simple wrestling is best. And he even had burn marks on his face, so we are definitely selling this. And everybody in the JAS got absolutely murked, including William Regal, who smacked Jericho right in the face, probably because he pissed in his tea all those years ago. So now we are going to get some semblance of these two teams taking on the other team, and maybe even William Regal gets involved, which would be the greatest thing ever, honestly. Up to this point, Dynamite was just so much damn fun, and I'm giving it up. We've got a video reminding us that Serena Deeb is a dangerous person and may become the AEW Women's Champion, and maybe she will, when it was time for another Owen Hart match, the long-awaited Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayer. People have wanted this singles match for ages on a big stage, and so you finally got it. And I tell you, All Elite Wrestling went out of their way to make sure you knew these two are equals. So if she punches her, she will punch her back. And if she goes for a submission, you know a submission is about to be retorted. I mean, it was proper wrestling tennis. So it was tit for tat the entire way, but this is a really smart way to approach it. Because at some point down the line, you are going to want to light a fire under both of them. So if you keep them both strong, it makes it so much damn easier. We've actually got this DDT on the floor because who needs a brain when Tony Storm busted out this exless crossbody? But what did I just say? Almost instantly, Jamie Hayter hit an even better backbreaker. They got their rackets out. Jamie also hit a Uranagi on the apron and I went out there and I checked it is the hardest part of the ring and then what did I tell you last week we have a new fashionable thing in wrestling which is tussling on the top they were back up there Jamie haters here superplex and this is what I like I know who's gonna win here and I know who's going to lose because Britt Baker's friend is getting a lot of offense that happened almost instantly too because in short Storm rolled out of this she was able to hit the Storm Zero she did get the one two three she will go through to the next round of the Owen Hart Cup tournament eventually Jamie Hater is going to fall out with Britt Baker and it's probably going to happen in the next few weeks. If you give it a smell, it just seems obvious this was a fine, decent, good match. Up. We ensured to promote the TNT title as well because we had another video for Scorpio Sky here and telling us that come Friday on Rampage is going to be Scorps taking on his old friend Frankie Kazarian. We then cut to Kaz who was being interviewed where almost instantly... He got interrupted by Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte. So bring it down. That is 42 interruptions in AEW and 120 overall. I'm probably going to get to July and just retire this. I think I've proved my point. Sammy was trying to stir the pot massively here by saying, oh man, Scorpio Sky used to be your friend, but I know he's not anymore. Frankie Kazarian was like, look, I've been around a long time. I can handle myself. So something is brewing come rampage. And there's only one way to find out. Not true, there's two. You can watch it. Or you can watch me. Which brought us to our main event. And honestly, Jeff Hardy is nuts. Darby Allen is nuts. And I'm actually pleased they only got 10 minutes here. Because even if they had gone 15, 
I don't even want to know what the flub they would have done. And I mean, it had already been made clear earlier in the night that Darby Allen had gone to Tony Khan and said this should be an anything goes match and Jeff Hardy had agreed. And I don't think two wrestlers in the history of the business have ever taken that phrase so literally. I mean, the first thing Allen did was this rocket drop kick and this dive, which was absolutely stupid. And then he was just getting chair after chair after chair after chair under the ring. And he was basically building him a steel chair house. I mean, you would not want to live there, obviously. And Jeff Hardy got back into this by grabbing Darby Allen and throwing him to reach the ring post. But then he went back under the ring and he got this ladder that was so tall I don't understand how it fit under there. It was like Mary Poppins' bag. Now, Hardy took too long to get up there, so Darby Allen caught him and crotched him on the ropes. But then he took Jeff Hardy's body, he put it on the chairs, close your eyes, he went up to this, honestly, 20, 25, 172-foot ladder, and he did a senton bomb off the top onto the chairs where Jeff Hardy was. Now, it's one thing when it's a table, but a chair doesn't give. It honestly looked like Jeff Hardy was dead because a human being just smacked him right in the face. I could watch this 900,722 times and I ain't gonna believe it. And if it comes out one day, <laughs> it was actually CGI, I'd be like, finally, it makes sense. I can only come up with a solution that both guys beforehand and said, do you like walking? I don't, I think it's overrated. Especially because seconds later, Jeff Hardy was in the ring. Darby Allen was gonna do the coffin drop, but Hardy got to the apron. He thought, well, I'll do it anyway. Jeff moved and he smashed right into it. And then I think Jeff Hardy was upset, like, no, you don't get to hurt yourself more than I get to hurt myself. So he went to do a swanton bomb on Simba the Still Steps. Darby Allen moved and he crashed into that. Just applaud him. Just applaud him. They do this for us. But my word, they're on a different planet. Clearly Darby didn't learn at all because he then went to coffin drop number two and he was able to hit it. But in a nice callback to Jeff Hardy's match with Triple H, which I believe was at no mercy, the ref went one, the ref went two, but at the last second, Hardy cradled, or I suppose was the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, to surprise Allen. He got the one, two, three. And I don't know why that worked for me, but it just did. You've got to go by how your tum-tum feels. Tum-tum felt good. Either way, though, I would never down this because if you know anything about wrestling, you know how hard it is, especially when you're doing stuff like this and all the fans went crazy and the undisputed elite were out afterwards because now we're going to get Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy in the Owen Hart Cup tournament, which I think is probably a dream match. I'm just going to give it an up. And now I have to go lay down and all I did was watch it. Which brought us to the end of an AEW Dynamite that I thought was really good from start to finish. It has got me so pumped for the Owen Hart Cup and it's got me pumped for double or nothing. Take my money. I'm giving it up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 